Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On All Things Franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros. I'm your host today. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Uh, Just to let you know, if you're listening to the recording, today's July the 21st, 2020. And we all know what 2020 stands for. That stands for um, anything and everything is possible in 2020. And you have to be prepared for that. So we are in a pandemic. We're coming out of it. I don't know where we are, folks, but I just know that it's impacting our lives. I recently read an article in the Harvard Business uh, Review, and it talked about preparing your business for a post-pandemic world. So as we're in the middle of this, really not thinking a lot about how are we going to, what's it going to look like when we come out of it? This particular article talked about uh, what is your plan for bouncing back? And um, in, I, I did some studying in the naturopathic world, and one of the things they talk about is having an adaptogenic gene. So that's that gene that allows you, no matter what hits you, but you're able to bounce back, whether it's from an illness. And in this case, we're talking about businesses. So no matter what hits you as a business, you still want to have that ability to bounce back. In this article, it says, a plan is a course of action pointing the way to the position you hope to obtain. The lack of a plan only exacerbates disorientation in an already confusing situation. So having a plan is good. Not having a plan really exacerbates um, anything that comes your way because you're not ready for it. It becomes chaos. So today we're going to talk to Eric Bell. He's with Franchise Gator. Eric has been in franchising for well over a decade, wearing many hats along the way. Today, Eric is general manager for Franchise Gator, which works with hundreds of franchise opportunities. Help me in welcoming Eric to the show. Eric, glad you're here. Hi, Hi, Linda. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. You know, Eric, these are some very challenging times, even for a seasoned company. So what are you seeing? You know, I know that you work with hundreds of franchise opportunities and hundreds of concepts out there. What are you seeing? Are they, are, are they prepared for it? Well, first of all, let me, um, let me comment on the Harvard Business Review article that mm-hmm. you referenced. And first of all, let me say that my um, adaption gene is chomping at the bit right now. I'm ready to get past this. <laughs> yes. And and I think that that is key, um, having a plan. I think um, if uh, companies are not uh, looking for ways to pivot and looking for ways to um, adapt to what is going to be a new landscape and uh, the new reality, 
um, they're going to continue to feel like they're still trying to catch up. So, uh, you know, I, I love that article. Yeah. Um, what we're seeing here, um, you know, when the so you know what Franchise Gator does is we market hundreds of franchise opportunities. We have two audiences that we're focused on. Our customers are those franchisors. There are advertisers, um, but the, the main goal is to drive traffic to our site. The traffic uh, consists of people who are interested in becoming business owners and, and franchisees. Uh, so we have two markets that we're, you know, keeping our finger on the pulse of. Um, in mid-March, when when the pandemic hit, uh, both of those audience uh, pulled back uh, a little bit, as I'm sure you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're slowly recovering. Uh, things are definitely trending in the right direction. We are not at pre-pandemic levels just yet, um, but. I am seeing a lot of positive signs, a lot of companies that weren't quite sure when they were going to be able to get back into the advertising game calling us, and, and, and they're ready to um, start focusing on franchise development again. Mm-hmm. And for those that were able to pivot, Eric, what did, you, what did you see that they had in place that maybe some of the others did not have in place prior to this, because none of us, let's, let's get real folks. None of us had any of this in our business plan, but there had to be an element in their plan, Eric, that allowed them to pivot quicker. What was that? You know, the common thread that I saw really was, was leadership. Um, and the, the top of the, uh, the, the, the franchise or funnel within each company, um, they jumped right on it and they focused on their franchisees. Um, we work with some business opportunities as well, and uh, their base consists of distributors or licensees, and they all focused on those people. And um, those that focused on the franchisee, uh, they were able to sit down with them and figure out, you know, what do we need to do uh, to make sure that you survive? Um, a lot of these companies. Uh, were large enough because they're so well run. They're they're large enough that they were able to maybe waive franchise fees for a month or two. Um, mm-hmm. Some companies were lucky enough to to be in an industry that lent itself to uh, focusing on an audience that is reacting to a pandemic. Um, you know, we work with uh, one company that's not a not a franchise. They're more of a business opportunity, but they they apply. Um, non, uh, non-slip um, coding to floors, and they were able to, you know, add a, um, uh, you know, a, a, a COVID um, type of uh, preventative um, 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 product to their offering. And that actually offered a, a wow. whole new audience for them and a great sales pitch. I mean, it's great to, to market that. Um, so smart leadership at, at, at the top to see if they can, alter their offering, and then, of course, um, uh, focusing on the franchisees. I think that that, is, uh, that was paramount, and I think those that did that the best um, are, are, are in a great position as of now. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned industries, and that was a perfect example. And I know that I had recently seen um, where there was a commercial cleaning uh, franchise that had added a – uh, industrial strength, you know, for lack of a better term, um, sanitizer in their in in the way that they cleaned commercial buildings, and that 
again, was a great way for them to pivot. But what are some industries that you've seen that have been able to weather this storm better than others? Well, you know, the, the food industry has obviously been hit the hardest, but it doesn't mean that there aren't some um, some ways that they can overcome it. And, and those that focused on delivery um, and, you know, curbside um, uh, curbside uh, deli- curbside pickup and things like that. Um, you know, I think that that's a great example of uh, pivoting. You know, there there are um, a lot of home service uh, companies that um, they marketed to a an audience. As far as franchise development is concerned, they marketed to an audience that they weren't able to market to before, simply because they lent themselves to social distancing and all the things that we were supposed to practice in the pandemic, they became a little bit more of a, um, a favorable industry to those that are interested in um, uh, becoming franchisees. And also because, you know, those uh, industries never really slowed down or they didn't slow down as much as other industries, you know, the, uh, the pest control uh, companies, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the mosquito companies, I mean, they're still out and about, um, mm-hmm. People are outside a lot. I think we all know the pool industry has uh, been extremely busy. So, you know, as uh, residents are, are trying to um, make the most of home life, uh, a lot of these home service uh, companies are, are uh, seeing a lot more interest in, in their, their business. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So as we go forward, how do you see things changing here, Eric? How are... Um, franchisors going to better prepare themselves or what advice would you give franchisors to better prepare themselves to be more flexible and be able to step in quicker to help their franchisees? What would your advice be to them? Well, I think from what I hear and with some conversations that I'm having, um, it actually starts with having those conversations with the franchisees, you know, the, those that are rising to the top, right. Because, you know, they just have that grit and uh, they're, they're fighting tooth and nail to remain open and and figure out whatever it is that they need to do uh, to, to get through this. Um, They're the ones that have uh, great ideas. And I think sitting down with them and, and having an open line of communication talking uh, uh, the franchisor sharing uh, some, some, some ways that they think might be helpful and the franchisee sharing uh, some anecdotal evidence of, of um, um, you know, uh, some different ideas and tactics that they brought to the table that they think have, have been really helpful. I, I think that, um, as you mentioned before, focusing on that post-pandemic landscape and open communication with your, your franchisees to facilitate that plan, I think that that's going to uh, to be paramount as we move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when we were in the green room, um, Eric, you and I were talking about how this particular situation and crisis is very different than it was when we were in, say, 2007, 8, 9. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, how different is it today for businesses uh, than it was back in 2008? What's the difference here? Difference is lending. Um, back in 2007, 2008, uh, 2009, 
during, uh, you know, a really, really troubling time. Uh, if you had spoken to those who had been in franchising for decades, they have lived through recessions before. And in a lot of cases, they actually benefited because you had a lot of people uh, who were without a job and, and they had to figure out a way to supplement their income and, and business ownership and franchise ownership um, was a great option for them. Last time in 2008, 2009, uh, lending was not very prevalent. And if you talk to those people, they'd say, I, I, I've never been in this situation before. It's mm -hmm. really tough. Um, they have plenty of people who are knocking on the door, but they just can't get lending. I think that's going to be the main difference today versus uh, what we saw back then. I think, um, you know, uh, um, SBA is, um, you know, really trying to work with people. And, uh, you know, the banks are really trying to, um, uh, you know, facilitate a recovery. Everybody's got their eye on that end game. And that's going to be the main difference is that we're going to have people who are going to be in the same position. They're, they're going to uh, need to supplement their income, but they're going to have uh, more access to lending. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of companies that are, that are having to downsize. So I'm in Houston, and Houston is a big oil and gas city. So not only are we faced with the pandemic, but we're also faced with the price of of oil being so low. And in fact, it was lower than it had been in history for some time. So we're seeing more and more of the executives um, of uh, oil and gas professionals that are, they're going to be looking for another way to uh, earn an income, just like you're talking about. As they're looking at opportunities here, one of the questions that I always get, Eric, and you probably do as well, is, Show me one that's recession-proof. Now, I tell you, I really am reluctant to say anything is recession-proof. I'm more inclined to say it's recession-resistant because I don't think anything is recession-proof because just like today, we could have never predicted a recession to, um, be, um, to come out of a pandemic. So, how do you guide people when they want when they're looking for something that is what they think is recession proof yeah that's a that's a really vague term that I think um, is um, probably used in ways that aren't um, um, as um, accurate as uh, a lot of people want it to be mm -hmm. and and this is a weird time you know we are potentially going into a recession, uh, at the very least, uh, those uh, that are sitting at home because their offices have closed and they might be looking at a future where they you know, have to supplement their income, um, they are, um, you know, they're, they're, they're potentially looking at uh, franchise opportunities. And um, I think that, um, you know, it's it's again, it's it's about the the lending, and it's about um, uh, you know trying to find the right opportunity. As far as it being recession proof, I think what they need to do is 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 find uh, companies that 
can prove to them that they're able yeah. to work through tough times. And it may not just be recessions. It's, it's, it's just tough times like this. Um, mm-hmm. And if someone's been around in 2007, 2008, how'd you get through it? What was your mm-hmm. first reaction in March and April when the pandemic hit? Where, you know, where do you see the business um, a couple years from now? And um, I've spoken, we were talking about this earlier, I've spoken to some food franchises that are, they're still growing. They're actually still selling, you know, uh, franchise units, um, and their business is humming along. The franchisees have, um, have, uh, have, haven't closed their doors. So when you think about the food industry, that's not uh, an industry that right now you would say is recession-proof. But, you know, there are some diamonds in the rough there, and I, I think you really just have to interview leadership and ask all the right questions to really find what's going to be the right opportunity to help you get through a time like this. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. It is about asking the right questions. So now when, when um, a prospect is talking to a franchisor, they've got a whole different set of questions that they can present to those franchisors now and really get a better picture of how they support their franchisees. Don't you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and that's a, that's a great uh, point. You know, uh, when, for anybody who, you know, one of the things that we try and preach on our site is, you know, you really have to have a lot of due diligence to do if you uh, are on the path to becoming a franchisee. Um, there's um, a slew of questions that you can propose to the franchisor, but I, I actually think more importantly, you have a lot more questions to ask the franchisees now. That's where you're going to get the real story. Hey, tell me, tell me how um, the leadership at the top responded. Were you happy with their response? Mm-hmm. Did you feel they had your back? Did they have your interest, your self-interest um, in mind, or you know, were they really focused on on their own bottom line uh, without, um, you know, showing as much interest in the individual franchisees as you would hope. Um, I think talking to the franchisees is just uh, more important. It's always important. I think it's actually one of, if not the most important steps in in buying a franchise. Mm -hmm. Um, But you are, you really have a chance to see a gut reaction um, and, 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 understand how someone feels about working with the franchisor that they're currently a part of. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. That definitely uh, gives you a, a, um, a, a real clear picture. Um, and, and I know that there are some franchisees out there that will probably not be as happy with the franchisor, but you're going to ha- you may have varied stories, but they're all going to be somewhat common and consistent there's going to be a consistent thread through there. Like you said, did the franchisor communicate them w- w- with them? Did they communicate in a timely manner? All of that is, will be great questions for uh, existing franchisees that have been in this situation with them. You know, Eric, we're getting to the point where we need a uh, take a quick commercial break. When we come back, do you have some stories of maybe some clients or franchisors that you've worked with that you could possibly share with our listeners? Sure. Absolutely. Very good. Folks, we're going to take a real quick commercial break and we'll be back with more from Eric Bell from Franchise Gator. House Talk Radio. 
Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house. From tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance, as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. All Things Franchising is the radio show that you've been waiting for. Whether you're looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle by growing your business, allowing you to experience some of the fun things in life, or if you are looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come. Linda Biestetos is your host on All Things Franchising, where she interviews franchise experts from around the world. We feature top franchisers, franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, as well as others who support this fast-growing business model. Go to our Facebook and Twitter pages to listen to past shows and join the conversations on all things franchising. Christian Radio is for those who want to share and receive expressions of faith that will help you take the next step in your relationship with Christ. Listen in to hear from others about their experiences of faith and the love of Christ. Call in to share your experiences at 347-989-1363. Learn more by going to toughtalkchristianradio.com. Hey folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Baez-Stetos, and we're here today with Eric Bell from Franchise Gator. So when we broke for commercial break, Eric, I asked if you possibly had some stories that you could share with us. Well, we focus on two different audiences, as I mentioned before. We work with uh, franchisors. Uh, we work with a segment you know, uh, known as business opportunities, which is a, a very similar type of structure. It's just not legally set up as a franchise. Um, and we also focus, obviously, on those that are interested in becoming franchisees. Um, on the uh, customer side, I, I've been working with a, a customer probably for about uh, nine or ten years. I've been a franchise gator for 15 years at this point. Um, and this is someone I worked very closely with for um, a, about a decade. And um, they offer, and I, I actually alluded to them before, they offer a product that um, will um, prevent slips and falls. Uh, they're mainly focused on restaurants, uh, stadiums, other public areas. Um, I work very closely with this company. Um, what we do is, you know, we're generating inquiries, uh, people who are interested in, in buying a franchise or becoming a business owner. A lot of times, Franchise Gator is their first stop. And what that means is they're in the uh, information gathering stage. So our customers have a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails to, to weed through to find those that, you know, rise to the top. And um, it's it, there's a lot of work uh, that goes into that. And this is someone that I've worked very, very closely with, um, worked through, you know, a lot of their struggles and uh, got into a conversation with them towards the end of last year uh, to review some numbers. And what they told me was that um, they made about 
the bottom line came to about a million dollars off of their partnership with Franchise Gator. Um, and wow. I was just ecstatic because it, that's a number that um, I had never uh, gone over with them. These are not details that um, our customers, you know, are are very willing in a lot of cases to share with us. Um, so it, it took a very uh, deep uh, conversation for us to, to get into for, for them to uh, start to share some of the uh, successes that they had. And we, you know, started to do the math and, uh, you know, I, I, I love that example because it is someone that I just, you know, one of my favorite customers and, you know, someone I've, I've worked closely with, but, you know, everything, um, if you talk to them uh, as frequently as I do, you don't get the sense that everything is just on the up and up and, 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 and moving in the direction that they want. Um, you know, everything is, um, uh, they're, they're very uh, gritty and just, you know, trying to make the most of, of every effort. And that was the point that I wanted to make to them is that, Hey guys, you know, we work really hard on this campaign and, and you guys, you don't settle for, middle of the road. You guys want to be as best as possible. I'm, I'm glad we, we took a step back, got a bird's eye view of the results. And I, I hope you guys understand that, you know, you're killing it and that you are, you know, really all the, all the hard work has, has really paid off. Um, yeah. So on the customer side, um, that's a story that I, I like to share quite often. Um, on the uh, future business owner side, um, you know, the way Franchise Gator works is we are, we're an advertising platform. Those that come to the site and use our site to find uh, opportunities to invest in, <clears throat> these are not people that we actually communicate too much with. Um, the way our site works is these, uh, these prospects will complete a form and their information gets sent directly to our, our advertisers, the franchisors, and from there, the franchisor will provide all the necessary information for the prospect to make an informed decision. Um, every once in a while, uh, someone will reach out to us and we'll engage in a conversation. And I got into a conversation with one of these prospects um, a couple months ago, and uh, he reached out because he actually uh, owns a company and wants to advertise. He now is a franchisor. And as we were talking about advertising packages, he just casually mentioned that many years ago he was browsing Franchise Gator and found an opportunity to buy. And he had been with that company for, you know, I think it was like five or eight years, um, had a great experience, and decided that he's now ready to become a franchisor. Um, wow. That was that was great to hear. Not only did he have success, you know, with uh, Franchise Gator, but here's a guy who um, he wasn't uh, he wasn't happy just um, you know being a, a part of a system. He wanted to own the entire system, and I'd love yeah. to see someone um, you know uh, go through that that kind of uh, um, path, you know, to uh, um, really take things to the next level. I mean, uh, when you see someone who just isn't satisfied and continuing to ascend like that. Um, that's really exciting. Well, and it also says so much for Franchise Gator and his experience with you guys is when he did decide to be a franchisor, he came back to you in a different capacity, looking for a different uh, service, but he still came back to you. So that says so much about his experience with you guys. So congratulations on that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. 
Absolutely. So, um, Eric, if somebody's listening right now and they're wanting more information about um, you, Franchise Gator, how would they find out more about the process? Well, um, if you are interested in business ownership, uh, please come to FranchiseGator.com. All the tools to help you browse the site are right there on the homepage. Um, If you see uh, any opportunity or opportunities that you are interested in, it's very easy. All you need to do is uh, identify those companies, select them, and complete our form, and your information gets sent directly to those companies and only those companies. Um, and as I mentioned before, they, they then follow up um, you know, to provide all the necessary information to help you make an informed decision. You know, Our main focus is to try and help uh, uh, prospective franchisees find opportunities that they may not have otherwise heard of. Right. Right. And, and, and that's also the benefit to our customers as well. You know, we're putting them in front of an audience that's not easy to, to get in front of. And these are people who are just, they're looking for ideas. Um, and so, um, you know, if you're not quite sure where to go, um, you know, we have hundreds of opportunities on the site. So it's, it's really, um, you know, um, you're really opening up your options. And, and I promise you'll, you'll have a lot better perspective on, you know, what that path is and, and what's available to you once you visit the site and browse around even for a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. If you are yeah. in, interested in advertising, um, uh, what I prefer is that you go to our other website, growwithgator.com, and we have some information there for, for franchisors. There's a form to fill out. Um, if anybody wants to contact me directly, my email address, eric.bell, E-R-I-C, dot B-E-L-L at FranchiseGator.com. I'm here. Would love to connect. And, um, you know, that's uh, probably the best way to to reach out to learn about our advertising packages. Wonderful. So we're down to those final three questions. And the first question here, Eric, is if there's someone listening who's considering purchasing a franchise, what would you suggest that they do to prepare for this process? Two things. One, get your financing in order. Uh, have, a, have as good of a sense as you possibly can about what you can afford. Um, you know, without that, you are probably going to waste your time and you're probably going to waste the franchisor's time because you might have some, some big eyes going into this. Um, and you do not want to start to explore an opportunity that you otherwise really, you know, aren't financially able to, to take on. Um, and so if you feel like you have some relatives or friends who might be able to chip in, you know, talk to them first and make sure that's solidified. Um, maybe uh, talk to a, a bank, a lender, to just get a sense of, you know, based upon the type of collateral you're able to put up, uh, based upon your net worth, exactly how much do you think you're going to have access to. Um, and that's, there's not too much legwork there, but it's an important step. The other step is to, and we, we alluded to this before, is you know, get your list of questions together. Um, when you talk with a franchisor, understand this, and this is very important. It is a recruiting process for them. Uh, they are the well-run companies, the well-run franchisors. They're not interested in selling franchises. What they're interested in is uh, bringing on someone who's the right fit. The, the example I always use is you have a car salesman, 
once he sells a car and that person leaves a lot, everything that happens from there on in doesn't impact the salesperson. In the franchising world, once a franchise is sold, everything that franchisee does impacts the franchise company. Um, a franchise that struggles, uh, the franchisor, you know, uh, could potentially lose money. It hurts the validation process, the process of future franchisees asking mm-hmm. other franchisees, hey, what's your experience, right? So it's, it's imperative that franchisors bring on uh, the right people. And so you are making an impression. When you have that first conversation, understand that, you know, you need to make an impression on them just as much as they need to make an impression on you. So have your questions ready, uh, get prepared, and also have your questions ready for the franchisee as well. Um, At some point after a couple steps through the process, you'll be tasked with reaching out to those franchisees. Um, The time you have on the phone with them uh, is extremely valuable. And also you have to, you know, understand these people are very busy. You got to make the most of this time, and so do your research. There's plenty of uh, you know, websites and resources out there that will tell you uh, or help guide you through those conversations with those franchisees. Next question is: What are two traits that make a successful franchisee? Um, you know, it's. Um, I, I think it's grit. It always comes down to grit. Uh, I think I, I threw out that word a couple times. Um, mm-hmm. And that, in my eyes, sort of identifies most people who are successful in, in anything they put their mind to. Um, and so if someone uh, comes to the table um, with that grit and uh, they have that fight in them and they've illustrated that, I mean, I think they're halfway home. And then the other uh, end of that is the second trait is, is passion. Um, mm-hmm. What is your passion? And, uh, you know, some people um, have a passion in, in sports and uh, let's say they have a passion in golf, for instance. Um, if your passion's in golf, you know, make sure that you are looking for an opportunity uh, in golf that's going to facilitate that passion. For instance, if you're going to open up a golf store, you may not be outside too much, Right. Um, right. so you want to make sure that you're tapping in to your passion um, and uh, into an opportunity that obviously will allow that passion to just uh, blossom and, and, and help you grow a very successful unit. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so important. The final question here is, what does the future of franchising look like? Well, you know, back in uh, going back to 2007, 2008 again, um, what I personally saw was there was such a focus prior to that point on franchise sales. And, uh, you know, as important as it is, it's always important, but um, we were getting to a point where um, focusing on the internal operations uh, just uh, was not as uh, uh, it wasn't as focused on as, as much as it needed to be. Let me just say that. And for the companies that uh, put themselves in a position where they were really not um, uh, building a, a, a really solid uh, system, um, but benefiting because the economy was doing good, well, you know, that reared its ugly head the moment the economy tanked, right? And so what you saw coming out of that was um, 
a little bit of a pullback on on franchise sales and a huge investment um, time and money wise on making sure operations were solid. Um, and I I think that that is going to happen again after the the pandemic. I think you know the cream is going to rise to the top, and I think we're going to see um, you know some companies that maybe just um, they, they didn't have a good system in place to begin with. They're not going to, they're not going to make it. And, and ultimately that's going to be good for the uh, prospective franchisee. Um, and so after the pandemic, I, that's what I would expect is um, the cream is going to rise to the top and uh, we're going to see a little bit of a correction as, as we always do during, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, any type of economic pullback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Eric, it's been great talking with you today. I love your perspective on how um, companies just uh, have to do a better job at getting a stronger leadership to make sure that they are, uh, they do have that adaptogenic gene that I mentioned and are more flexible. So um, again, if somebody is listening right now and they want more information about Franchise Gator and, um, and want to reach out, how would they find that? Um, they can come to FranchiseGator.com. There's information on getting in touch with us. Um, for those on the uh, franchise or side, I would also strongly recommend that you um, sign up uh, at FranchiseInsights.com, which is a uh, website that's um, uh, developed uh, by our parent company with tremendous information. Uh, they are uh, interviewing a lot of prospective franchisees uh, to get a sense of, um, you know, uh, where they're at, where their head is at, are they feeling good about where the economy is going? And um, I think there's just a, a tremendous amount of information that might be very useful to franchisors. Again, that's franchiseinsights.com. For information on Franchise Gator, you can go to franchisegator.com or growwithgator.com. Wonderful. Eric, thanks again for being on the show today. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Linda. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So, folks, you see that that being flexible is the name of the game these days. And I tell people that, you know, some days I feel so flexible, you could call me Gumby. And for those of you that are old enough, you know what that means. So I'm going to leave you with this quote today, as I always leave you with a quote. This one is a Tony Robbins quote. Stay committed in your decisions, but stay flexible in your approach. And that's what we're seeing today, um, that companies that stay committed in their decision to be in business and they are committed to their product, they have to be flexible in their approach. And sometimes being flexible in their approach may even mean reconsidering their delivery model. So again, stay committed in your decisions, but stay flexible in your approach. Folks, thanks so much for joining me today on All Things Franchising. See you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today. And be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.